Sometimes it's good to test people's alertness from time to time just to see whether or not they're actually paying attention to what's going on in everyday life. Because if you're like me, you'll notice that there's plenty of people who really don't get it. My name is Phil, and you're listening to The Lip. Hello everyone, once again it's Phil, and today's episode is about testing people's alertness, otherwise kind of messing with people. Yeah, that's what I said. Messing with people. Slash testing alertness. It's without doubt in my mind that there are sometimes people really need to sort of get reality checks from time to time. As they're going through life, they just sort of whiz and wash right through things and not even pay any attention to what's going on. And every once in a while, you can catch people slipping up. That's why one of my favorite comedians of all time is George Carlin, because it's pretty obvious that sometimes through his day-to-day life when he was with us, missed that guy, he would do some very interesting skits about such things. I loved it so much and just, oh boy. George Carlin, George Carlin, great guy. And so what I thought about was a couple of things that I would do to help people check their reality, make sure that they're really paying attention. And one of them I actually did personally. And I think that that one was most needed and most important. Because this individual certainly needed the reality check for certain. I feel it's kind of doing a bit of a public service. Most people should do public service, I would think, right? It's good to help the people around you become better, right? Because sometimes people need that help. They can only get so far on their own. And sometimes you just need to give them a little push And next thing you know, they find themselves in a point of absolute greatness, or at the very least, the ability to function in normal everyday society. I think that if people see these tests as anything other than what they are, it would make their life a little bit more, how can I say, uncomfortable. But if they realize that they're simply being tested, and if they can figure a way to pass the test, they'll be better for it. Now, those who failed the test should hang their head in shame, and then sort of think and reflect about what's going on with their life. And after they've figured it out, just maybe, they can move forward and be more productive members of society. And ultimately, it'll be for the betterment of not just them, but mankind as a whole. Speaking of which, I think that (laughs) mankind as a whole certainly could use some of these reality tests from time to time. Now, not just the ones that I'm going to give. Perhaps there should almost be a government agency which is tasked with these 
matters. And I think if this was the case, all of society would be a lot better because people seem to be very wound up tight about a lot of different things. And just maybe if the government intervened with this project, as opposed to many other things that they do that I and many people deem completely unnecessary and invasive to regular life, perhaps, perhaps society as a whole would be better for it. Now, once I begin to tell you what some of these tests are, and then I explain how I actually did one of these tests to sort of ensure that an individual would be, how can we put it, better served for the rest of the day, if not for the rest of their lives. It'll definitely make an impact on them, hopefully, and hopefully you'll learn these lessons as I'm going to be showing them to you, and perhaps maybe you can help and be a part of this public service initiative that I'm trying to start. And ultimately, it'll be for the better good of all society, and you'll feel warm and fuzzy inside afterwards. Main event coming up now. Ding, ding, ding. Main event time. Main event time. Well, we're going to mess with people a little bit. But really, when we're messing with people, we're not really messing with them. We're, we're trying to teach them. We're trying to to give them the opportunity to learn from situations that are abnormal and try to figure out why they're abnormal. Now, some people would have the ability to immediately catch on and see what's going on, and then they'll be like, oh, wow, maybe I need to redo some things that I've been doing. And other people will end up looking at you dazed and confused, uncertain of what is actually happening. Those people would have failed the test and would need further instruction. Hopefully, after further instruction and then retesting, these individuals would then be able to function in a normal way of society. That is all we can hope for, and that is the goal for our public service that we wish to do. I'm going to start off with one that has definite ramifications in my life, personally, because I've encountered people who just aren't with it in this situation. I've mentioned many a times that I worked at a convenience store and have had to deal with money in a lot of times. And not just a little amount of money, small amounts of money at any given time. I've had thousands of dollars that I was responsible for counting physically at times. So for me to understand what it's like to make change and do quick math on my head, it's nothing that would be too difficult. I, I do it. I did it a lot during that time period. So whenever I come up to a cash register and I see a cashier who's a little off if I hand them change and they're not quite sure what to give me back, it makes me think to myself, this person maybe needs to be tested in the ability to count a little bit. And then they can function their job a lot better and be a more productive part of society. And so, what this test would look like, should you choose to administer it, 
what you would do is you'd go to a line in a cashier would be standing there you would put your items on and the cashier would begin to scan them at the end of the purchase the cashier is always going to tell you how much your items cost and now the test will begin what you then do is for example to make things easy i'm going to use a generic number let's just say your products totaled $25.60. Okay? So, you are going to have to pay $25.60. Now, remember, this is a test for the cashier. The first thing you're going to do is you're going to reach into your pocket. Grab cash. Because this is the first thing that confuses people from time to time anymore. That green stuff, that paper that we used to exchange for goods and services sometimes over the last probably five or six years has diminished in both monetary value and actuality practicality as well nobody really uses it to the extent that we used to 20 years ago so what you need to do is take that cash pull out any amount of cash, whatever you're going to do, it doesn't matter. The, um, the, um, the, uh, the bills are unimportant. Just get yourself $25 out of your wallet, be it two tens and a five, a 20 and a five, whatever. Like I said, the denominations are unimportant. Just hand the cashier $20. Then pull out another bill, a larger bill, something like a five or a 10 in order to finish the thing because you don't have a single. The test for the cashier is now, as you're looking through your bills and you see that you only have a five to make it 30, but then you're like, wait a minute, hold on. Let me see if I have some change. At this point, you reach into your pocket, you pull out a handful of change. You dig through it, and instead of getting 60 cents, you get either 75 cents or 59 cents. This is all up to you. It depends on how you wish to do your test. Once you've discovered that you didn't have the exact change that you thought you had, you then pull out a credit card and say, well, just take this instead. At this point in time, you will determine whether or not the cashier will have passed the test. If the cashier simply grabs the card and just swipes it, the cashier would have been just sort of mundane and stuck in their lives as just sort of blah, you know? But, but, if the cashier looks at your hands when you have the change and you decide not to use it, but then says, hey, I think you have enough change there, or okay, I'll take that 59 cents, won't be a problem. Then you know that the cashier is alert and paying attention and is actually a functioning member of society. That cashier would have passed the test. And you can feel good about what you've done. And you know that this person is 100% a great member of society. Some people would consider that messing with them. But no, I think that that would be an 
adequate way in order to test how the cashier is functioning. Because if the cashier is sort of stuck in their ways with the card and just sort of say, I don't want to count the change, that's fine, and slide your card. Just think about how they would run through life in general. Perhaps like a zombie, just sort of not paying any attention to what's going on, bumping into walls, not figuring out how to do things. What you would then have to do is sort of hope that this person would have learned, oh, I then have enough change. So in order to correct this, and in order to teach the person who's not quite there, what you would do is you would then say, oh, no, 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 let me have my credit card back before they swipe it, and then actually give them the change. Then they'll be like, oh, my goodness, I can see the light. I really wasn't paying any attention. This person does have enough change, and I can actually use my math skills that I learned somewhere along the way to actually effectively create the sale with paper, money, and change. I don't have to just slide the card. I can actually think. At that point in time, you would have done a service to this person that may actually last for a lifetime. Another fine test that can be run for people who are walking around in their lives in just lost. Everybody has seen these people who's in their phones constantly. It's almost attached to their eyeballs and their hand, and they can't remove it from their hand, and they can't look away from what they're doing. So, I propose a simple test for these people. And I do believe it's a simple test. Because it'll show these people that there are other things outside of the screen. Especially if you're outside. There's all the trees, there's the cars, there's the people, there's the sounds of animals and vehicles and just life in general. That is also, that's all around them that they could definitely take advantage of. And it would be to their advantage to take advantage of these things. Because it means that there is, in fact, life outside of that little machine in their hand. And so, I have devised a way in order to test this person. Almost like Jigsaw a little bit, but we're not killing anybody. We're just sort of trying to kill mundaneness if there is anything right so what you want to do is go someplace a mall a park somewhere where there's a bunch of people nine times out of ten you're gonna have somebody staring straight into their phone but the key is you need to be in an area that has a clock that's available to be seen, that everybody can look at, if they're just looking around. Because this is going to be a key part of the test. It's going to be a tool for your, um, for your use in this test. So, what you're going to do is you're going to find somebody, anybody, just randomly, who's got their hand bolted to the phone and their eyeballs just zeroed in on the screen. And what you're going to do is you're going to make sure that you have a watch on and your phone in your hand. But not just in any hand. The phone has to be in the same hand as the watch is in.
What you then do is you go up to the person who is completely oblivious to everything going on in the world except for what's on their screen with the phone in your hand with the watch on that same hand and you wave at that person while they're staring into their phone and say hey excuse me and hopefully they'll look up and you need to be like i said around an area where there's a clock so that people can see the clock if you just look around with the phone in your hand and your watch on your arm and the clock nearby, you wave at that person. Hey, 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 excuse me. When the person looks up, hopefully they will, because if they don't look up, they would have failed the test anyway. And let's say they do look up. Then you go to that person with the phone in your hand and the watch on your arm and the clock somewhere in the vicinity that everybody can see. You then ask that person, what time is it? Now, if that person just simply looks back down at their screen and then tells you the time and moves on, that person would have failed this test. Now, if the person looks at the fact that they look up and they see that there's a giant clock in the area, and the fact that you not only have your cell phone in your hand, but the watch on the hand that you have your cell phone in, the person should look at you a little funny and then maybe they can tell you the time or maybe they can say, well, you got a watch and a phone right there. That way you know that the person was aware and paying attention, at least for that moment. And once they do that, they'll be like, wait a minute. This person had all these time instruments around them and yet they asked me what the time was. Why did they do that? It'll start to ask them questions to themselves. And when they start asking these questions to themselves, they'll be like, wow, maybe my entire life has been tuned into this device and I'm not paying attention to the outside world. Because if I was, I would see just how ridiculous that that person really is asking me for what time it is when they literally have a watch on their hand a phone in their hand, and a giant clock around. That's something that this person would learn. Without question, that would be a public service that you did for that individual. They would then learn, whoa. Sometimes people are doing things that are just a little off, but, you know, if I'm looking around, I can see things that are going on around me. Wow. An epiphany. I can see things that are going on around me. There is life outside of this little device. You would have saved this person a great deal of trauma throughout their lives because whatever they were digging into on the phone probably was of eh, moderate importance. Something they could have done later. They're in a place where they could be paying attention to the life that's around them, but they weren't. And you've just helped them do just that you're becoming an absolutely incredible instructor on these little tests and you're making people do better in fact in fact if you've run those first two tests i might suggest that when the government agency comes about that perhaps you should put an application because you seem to be doing these quite well and people are really responding to the way that you're doing things 
Your abilities are very high, and I'm giving you the utmost of praise. Now, if you can handle these next couple tasks as well, perhaps you could even be in management in the department of public service that I'm going to call, well, the awareness patrol, maybe? Perhaps that's a good way to do it. Give you a badge and everything. Just be a part of the awareness patrol. In fact, that's what it should be called. In fact, that might be a good idea. Like I said, of all the money the government spends, maybe they could put a little bit of funding out for something like this. But anyway, I have yet another test that should be utilized. And these tests are just a couple that I've come up with. Don't get me wrong. Once the program officially starts and the government gets this thing rolling, you never know. There could be even more tests than you can imagine. In fact, I've got a few more that I probably would think of, but probably not all the tests. Because if I, if I went through all of them, this show would probably be 60 hours long. And we're not trying to do 60 hours for one show, right? Right. So, back to the next test. You can be a guy or a girl for any of these, and this one in particular, it works just as well. Another test of ultimate awareness. This one is just pure awareness for people who are just walking around in everyday life. There is no special uh, situation that needs to be happening with this. You don't have to be a cashier. You don't have to be somebody not paying any attention to things that are around them just because you're on a phone. This is just general life necessities. It's an absolute test of um, quickness and uh, just how people can respond to things. And if you can give people this test and they pass it, you're talking about a person who's really somebody that's got everything together. If the person fails this test, well, if the person fails the test, you have to ask yourself these questions. Question number one, what were you thinking when you got out of bed this morning? Question number two, were you thinking when you got out of bed this morning? Question number three. Should you be thinking when you get out of bed? And the answer to that last one is absolutely you should be thinking of something. The other two, who knows what the answer to those could be. But this test is effective in checking for that sort of basic awareness. In fact, I almost should have led with this one because it really does emphasize the point of awareness more so than anything else. And once again, here we go. This is what the test looks like. You could be anywhere again, and that's the best place to do these things. Anywhere, doesn't matter. Supermarket, um, baseball game, wherever. Doesn't matter right? You come across a guy or a girl, whoever, right? And you look at that person and you wave at him and say, hi. 
I like your hair. Simple thing. Just, I like your hair. Acknowledge your hair. They're going to usually, most people will will either smile or touch their hair as a sort of symbol like, oh, thank you. Especially if that person had just gotten their hair cut or styled, right? They'll be like, yeah, it is kind of nice, right? After you've asked them that question and they acknowledge you, you then ask them a follow-up question. And now this follow-up question is where the test begins. By telling somebody that they have nice hair, who cares? Everybody's going to do that from time to time, every once in a while. I like what you've done with your hair, right? Now, this is the test. The follow-up question is what the test is. After asking them what they're, um, after asking them, after telling them rather that they have nice hair, the follow-up question is this: Who's your plumber? Now, you just asked the person who their plumber was, but you commented on what their hair would look like. For this person to immediately tell you who their barber or hairstylist was means that they were completely focused on their own personal vanities and they didn't really pay attention to what was going on in the situation. Because, obviously, a plumber doesn't do hair. Although some may do their hair or their kid's hair, who knows, they might do it on the side. But typically the plumber's job is to deal with water and gas lines in your house or professional buildings. They're not going to necessarily going to be styling your hair for money anyway. And if the person doesn't really pick up on the fact that you asked them about the plumber, versus the person who did their hair, they would fail. Now, if the person tells you the name, again, like I said, of their hairstylist, they also fail. In order for this person to pass this test, what they would have to do is look at you funny and move away. That's the way you pass this test, because clearly something's wrong with you for asking them about their hair and asking them about their plumber. If they don't acknowledge the fact that asking them about the hair and then questioning about their plumber is strange, especially in a situation where you're just walking around. They absolutely fail. But if they think that there is something weird about the fact that you asked about what their plumber is, that's a pass. That means they paid attention to what you were saying. And again, they found the question quite out of place. Not even just strange, but out of place. It doesn't fit. And as long as you can put the fact that asking about a plumber doesn't fit when you're talking about somebody's hair, they pass. That means that they are really based in reality and they see what's going on, even with things that are going on around them. They're still focused on common sense. Now, I simply used hair as 
the the tools for the test. Hair and a plumber. Heck, you can do anything. Absolutely anything. And you can use almost anything in order to make this test work. It doesn't have to be hair. You could be at a restaurant and say this food tastes wonderful. And ask them who their optometrist is. That works too. The whole point is, what you're doing in this test is commenting on something that is right there in front of them. And then questioning something that has literally nothing to do with it. Truly makes a difference. You could be looking at somebody walking around, like I said, and they look real good. It's like, wow, you must work out an awful lot. And then say, what museums do you like to go to? None of those things make any sense when you put them together. And the test ultimately is to see if people can pick up on the fact that they're being asked completely off and odd questions that don't make any sense. Now, I'm going to talk to you about the test that I performed a couple of days ago. Turns out that there was somebody driving a little strange and zipping and moving around, was in front of me, ended up behind me, back around again, just really erratically driving, didn't really know where they were going or just thought that they were doing more than what they actually were. And so we come to a point where I end up coming up at an intersection. Now, this is an intersection that I've been to a thousand times at this point. Go there all the time, right? And this is one of those intersections that has um, some houses on the right side. And it has a really wide right shoulder. And that reason for that wide right shoulder is so that people who live in those houses can park on the street. That's what it's for. It's for street parking. You can park on that wide shoulder up to the intersection and back as far as these lane houses go. Now, sometimes people take this wide shoulder at that intersection and they turn it into a passing lane. And it's not a passing lane. It's not a passing lane at all. There are no arrows. It is simply the shoulder and it is simply for parking. That's what it's for. Now, I had to test this erratic driver a little bit because this person was going in and out, zipping back and forth, wasn't really paying any attention to how they were driving or executing their drive. So I get to this intersection and I see that there is a car in front of me, which is parked clearly. This person has their signal light on like they want to go to the right. Now, I have no intention on turning right now, but I know that I need to test this person. So what I did was I pulled over with my signal light on behind the parked car. And I, like I said, the car that was driving radically behind me also was about to make a right. So what I did is, like I said, I pulled over behind the parked car just as the light turned yellow. And then this car then follows me and parks right behind me with the signal light on like they're about to go make the turn. Now the light changes color, it goes green. 
I'm still sitting there. The driver sees all these cars go past us on the left side, which is the actual lane that people are driving in. And they're going and they're going and they're going and then the light turns red again. And this person sees me still sitting there behind this car. Eventually, the light turns green and the person realizes that I'm actually just parked there. And then they pull out and they drive away. This person failed the test. But once they realized that they had failed the test, they were able to recoup and recover and actually do what they were supposed to do, which is get back in the driving lane and actually drive where you're supposed to drive. So what I was doing for this erratic driver was testing them to allow them to realize that maybe you need to pay a little more attention to the street as you're driving. This person who followed me right along and was about to park thought that I was turning but didn't really pay any attention to the fact that it wasn't a turning lane. Over that short period of time, maybe a minute or two, they then realized, oh my goodness, this is not a turning lane, this person's parked. They then pulled out, realized the error of their ways, and continued on with their life. I believe that I was able to benefit this person in a very large way, because at the end of the day, what I was teaching this person was, if you pay attention to what you're doing when you're driving, and you're calm and relaxed, you will actually be able to get to the destination that you're going to go. But if you're just wishy-washy and just trying to get to where you're supposed to be, let's pull off the shoulder and make that turn. You're never going to get to where you're supposed to be because the person who turned off on the shoulder isn't necessarily making the illegal turn on the wide shoulder. This person is actually parking. Pay attention to what you're doing. Use common sense and drive like a normal, responsible human being. That's the lesson that I taught this individual. And I believe that at least for that short time period, I don't know if they lost their mind and went back to the way they were, but at least for that short period of time, they gained a little bit of common sense and actually did do what they were supposed to do and drive properly for at least the next little while. I believe that if we all work together and test these people of all kinds of strange anomalies, that after we do this public service, that we can actually make this world a better place. I hope that you agree with me. And I hope that you're not the kind of person that needs to be tested. <laughs> well, that's the main event. I'm going to ring the bell. Ding, ding, ding. Well, it's time for the Spear of the Week. This week's Spear happens to be given to an individual who was driving on big old Roosevelt Boulevard here in Philadelphia. Massive street, 12 lanes of traffic. And this individual decided that 12 lanes of traffic wasn't quite enough. 
they decided to drive in between two lanes, messing with something that was going on in the back of their car with the person who was back there, kid or whatever it was, but wasn't paying attention to the street that was literally in front of them. This individual nearly rammed into my car on the passenger side, and then the person who was in the actual other lane almost ran into them on the driver's side as they began to just fly down the road probably 10 miles over the speed limit. Both of us beeped, both of us yelled, but I truly believe this individual needed to be speared right through their own windshield. But, 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 I digress. This episode is about testing people in order to make them better. Perhaps, perhaps, I should have been a little more caring and perhaps run one of the tests that I have either mentioned in the main event or perhaps used a different test in order to get this person to realize the error of their ways. But nevertheless, the Spear of the Week is the guy who was reaching in the back and literally driving in between two lanes on a little boulevard. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, one more episode down. One more episode down. Can't say that it wasn't worth it because it truly was. I couldn't figure out what I wanted to do for this episode. I'm not going to kid you. I was really not sure. Really wasn't. I had no idea. I had scrapped out a couple of plans that I was going to do for this show, and just this one hit me the night before I did it. Kind of funny, but that's how it kind of works sometimes. Believe it or not, I actually did the episode before this show. Actually, not just the episode before it, but two episodes before it. Did it, had them recorded and everything before I even came up with the idea for this show. So I had a giant hole in my uh, in my shows at that point. Quite literally, I had done episodes, ooh, I guess it was 108 through 110. And then I did episodes 112 and 113. And I literally had a hole in 111. Didn't know it was going to go there. But I think that using this episode for what I used it for, teaching people, messing with people, depending on how you look at it. Some people think it's messing with people, but I honestly think it's teaching people how things should be. And sometimes they don't get it. A lot of times they don't get it. Let's face it, the the pass rate of these tests is probably going to be less than 10% in my mind. I hope that people would be better. And I know plenty of people who are better. And I think that as a society as a whole, we at least strive to be better. So let's be better. You can catch me on all those little things that I've been doing. Facebook group, which is one of my favorites. Join us. Join us, join us, join us. Um, there's always room for one more person on the Facebook group. 
Next, there's always the YouTube channel. Fill the lip. It's out there. I put shorts on there quite regularly. Check that out. Um, Instagram page. Philip Henderson 5102. And the Twitter is Pissed Phil with two L's. Check all that stuff out. But of course, this show can't end without me giving you the words of wisdom. And the words of wisdom would ultimately be, this week, it's kind of a test, actually. A test for everyone out there. If you can figure out this, you will definitely be a good member of society. And I recommend using this test for other people as well. Here are the words of wisdom. I heard you solve the math problem. 4 times 7 equals Pharaoh. One more time. I heard you solved a math problem. 4 times 7 equals Pharaoh. Hopefully, you passed that test. And hopefully anyone you administer that test to will pass it as well. Once again, you can check us out on Spotify as always or wherever you've been listening because a lot of people are listening on a lot of different spots now. But as for right now, the listening for this episode is over. My name is Phil and you have just listened to The Lip.